Welcome to the Foresight Health Roundup podcast, Foresight Health's podcast series for healthcare revolutionaries. Outcomes matter, customers count, and value rules. Hello again, everyone. This is Dave Berta, news editor at Foresight Health. It is Thursday, May the 4th. Insert your Star Wars joke here. Speaking of jokes, when I saw the first headline saying that Kaiser Permanente was buying Geisinger Health through a new company called Ryzent, I thought it was a joke, like some kind of late April Fool's Day gag or something. That's because for the past 20 years or more, Kaiser and Geisinger always are lumped together in a paragraph, in a report or in a story or in a PowerPoint presentation about health systems that do things right. They always have been two of the industry's darlings. Well, you know what William Faulkner said about your darlings. And that's what we're going to talk about on today's show, not literature, but the shocking health system consolidation. To tell us what the Kaiser-Geisinger deal means for healthcare are Dave Johnson, founder and CEO of Foresight Health, and Julie Merchantson, partner at Transformation Capital. Hi, Dave. Hi, Julie. How are you guys doing this morning? Dave? How did we miss Pi Day? That was March 14th or 3.14. May the 4th be with you, Dave, as you live long and prosper. I'm doing great. As it relates to our podcast, I'm channeling my inner Yoda. Do or do not. There is no try. We're definitely doing today. (laughs) That's beautiful. Thanks, Dave. Julie, how are you? Gosh, he's so hard to keep up with. (laughs) I am well. I'm actually in your city. I didn't really want to tell you, but I haven't had time to release. But it's a lovely day in Chicago. So good May the 4th. And excited for Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, yeah. Sun's out. Very rare here. That's great. Well, welcome to the city. Now, before we talk about Kaiser and Geisinger, let's talk about Star Wars. And Dave, we only have a minute or so in this segment of the show. (laughs) When the first Star Wars movie came out in 1977... Who did you see it with, and did you realize that it would become this cultural phenomenon? You know, I did just read a book about Star Trek called Phasers on Stun, so your caution is well taken. I'm sure I saw the movie when it came out, but I have no idea with whom. I was probably paying too much attention to Princess Leah to contemplate the movie's broader cultural impact at the time. I think I realized it was a cultural phenomenon a few years later when I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Africa. Somehow, some way, a teacher in my school got a copy of the film. We dug out an ancient projector, hung a bedsheet as a screen, and invited students to come watch. And they all came. It was a huge turnout. It was hard to make out much of the action, but the kids absolutely loved it, even though they probably didn't know what lightsabers were. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I found out who Carrie Fisher was. So, uh, yeah, we have that in common. Thanks, Dave. Julie, did you see Star Wars when it first came out? And uh, were you old enough to go to the movies in 1977? <laughs> wow. I would love to take the opportunity to say that I was not, but I I was. And I went to every movie with my dad, so that's an easy answer. And I thought Star Wars was cool, but I was a little too young to really get it, and I wasn't part of the hype. But I live in a family that now worships Star Wars, especially since it's part of Disney, basically. So I've seen them all numerous times, and I went through about a year when the Disney Hotel, that Galactic Star Cruiser opened, of having my daughter just 
break me over the coals to go stay in that thing, which I've still held out on. We haven't done it, but <laughs> that's how bad it is. <laughs> oh, it's on the list. That's great. They, we should do a retreat there. God, it sounds fantastic. We should. Someone <laughs> else should pay for it. That's the point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's great. Thanks, Julie. I did see it when it came out. I don't remember who I saw it with, but I do remember writing a parody of it for our high school variety show. The uh, plot revolved around Luke Skywalker who in the skit was riding my actual skateboard, having an overdue library book. It was funny. You had to be there, though, to get it. I, it sounds more like Back to the Future to me or somehow maybe mixing they, up the maybe two. Maybe they stole my idea, Dave. I ought to look into that if I could find the, uh, find the old script. Now, uh, I wasn't in the boardrooms of Kaiser or Geisinger when they cut this deal, but Dave and Julie, you're going to pretend that you were. Dave, you play Geisinger, and Julie, you're going to play Kaiser. Dave, let's start with you. Why did you agree to be bought by Kaiser? What's in it for you clinically and financially? And if I'm a Geisinger patient, should I be happy or sad? Well, first, I think I should introduce myself. I am Geisinger Health System from South Central Pennsylvania. I'm 108 years old and the offspring of Abigail Geisinger. In 1915, my mother, at the advanced age of 85, recognized the need for advanced healthcare in our community. In giving birth to me, she famously said, make my hospital right, make it the best. Today, I have almost $7 billion in annual revenues, 10 hospitals, 130 primary and specialty clinics, a 1,700 physician, multi-specialty group, an insurance company, and a medical school. When he was rolling out the Affordable Care Act, President Obama called us a model health system. Isn't that special? I've just agreed to marry Kaiser Permanente from California. You ask me why I'm doing this, I'll first tell you the explanation I'm giving to the media, then I'll tell you the real reason. Here's the media version. AP and I are so much alike. We're vertically integrated nonprofit health companies. We're strong believers in community-based care delivery. We both place a premium on keeping our members healthy and treating them appropriately when they need care. Mother would be so proud. KP and me, isn't that cute, can put our members' health first because we both own health insurance companies. This means we own the financial risk of funding our members' care and makes us committed to great primary and preventive care. We don't have an incentive to do too much or charge too much for the care we provide. KP and me think our vertically integrated community-based approach is the right solution to address our nation's failing healthcare system to deliver real value to our communities. Once we're married, I'm changing my name to Geisinger Risent. KP and me are hoping to have a big family, so we're recruiting other like-minded health systems like crazy. Isn't that wonderful? Now, here's the real reason. I'm a mess. I lost $240 million from operations last year. I've had three rating downgrades since 2019. The last downgrade came just this February. I used to be double A and now I'm single A with a stable, not a positive outlook. My merger with Atlantic Care was a disaster. We had to shutter our XG Health Solutions company, which was once so promising. Plus the government thinks I act like a monopolist. 
At the core of my problems is an identity crisis. I want to believe we're a health company, but I can't make any bacon without charging high fee-for-service rates for acute care services. I admitted as much in 2018 when I announced in a filing that we were pursuing higher acuity fee-for-service business by increasing penetration for these services in our expanded service area. What's a vertically integrated health company that's losing its shirt to do? A cynical definition of a spouse is the one who is most available when you're most vulnerable. KP came calling. They're providing a big dowry, five billion over five years for the Ryzen clan. We get the head seat at the table. Jaywan Ru will be Ryzen's new CEO. Besides, KP has its problems too. We're both scared of the strategic moves that big payers and retailers are making into healthcare delivery. We both worry that our basic operating models aren't sustainable. Coming together gives a scale and some breathing room to figure it out together. Most other vertically integrated health systems are in the same bind we're in. Our clinical and financial capabilities will improve once KP and me get hitched. We love our patients and always put their interests first. You can take that to the bank. We certainly are. Thank you, Geisinger. You're welcome. <laughs> Sounds like you may be heading for counseling. We'll see. Julie, any questions for Geisinger? Or Kaiser, any questions for Geisinger? Well, my question is simple, Geisinger, offspring of some sort. <laughs> is KP and me, which is cute, is KP and me really, truly innovative for community care? Or is it just another big consolidation play? I don't think Ryzen is putting lipstick on a pig, but I am struggling to understand what's really changed. Geisinger's keeping its name. KP is not going to license an insurance plan in Pennsylvania. Ryzen feels more like a holding company than an operating company. Health systems confront some major resource allocation decisions, as we talk about all the time. They're trying to reposition within a more competitive operating environment with more stringent funding from payers. How does Ryzen help with any of that? On their website, Ryzen claims that it offers community-based health systems the following, scale, expertise, and resources to allow communities where integrated care and coverage alone can't succeed to have access to the value-based care they deserve, close quote. What, what does that even mean? What PR firm put that together? I do think Ryzen will provide a port in the storm for the health systems that join it. I hope it does more than that, but I'm going to have to see it to believe it. Maybe Chat GPT wrote that promotional paragraph, you know? You know it. You know it. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Dave. Julie, you're on stage now as uh, Kaiser. Why do you want to buy Geisinger? What's in it for you clinically and financially? And if I'm a Kaiser patient, should I care? I'll play a board member of Kaiser Permanente because God knows I've always wanted to play Regina Benjamin on TV or something. This new venture, as our CEO, Greg Adams, put it, is a way to really ensure that nonprofit value-based community health is not only alive, but is thriving in this country. So that's our goal. And look, growth is hard today, especially when you know, you've been a truly unique model like we have, some might say one of a kind for a long time. And it's been hard to grow outside of certain geographies. I mean, we've you know, arguably succeeded with our acquisition of group health in Washington State, even though I think the Washington State Health Authority isn't quite sure they got what they paid for. 
But growing on the East Coast has been really, really challenging, and we've had some failure. And listen, this is America. Growth is good. (laughs) And our investment returns are way down. So we need to grow somehow. We have to do something. And now when we look to the market, everyone is figuring out how we've done what we've done for all these years. The large-scale pay providers like Optum and CVS are you know, really vertically integrating to disrupt the market and become more like us. Our hospital competitors like Common Spirit, even Sutter in our backyard, are giving us a run for our money. And with the profound financial and operational stresses that Geisinger Offspring talked about, like Advocate Aurora and Atrium, they've come together because of those stresses. University of Michigan Sparrow Health, Unity Point and Presbyterian, Freighter and Theta Care, these are all smaller consolidations, but they are happening because of the same realities that we are standing rise and health up for. Look, we know that fully replicating our closed integrated care coverage model is not viable for all communities, and frankly, we haven't been successful in spreading. So we look at this as a way to help health systems achieve the way we deliver value-based quality outcomes in more of a multi-payer environment. And we know that Ryzen can deliver the types of technologies, processes, analytics tools, care delivery, quality improvement, everything that we do in a way that can really address America's systemic healthcare problems. And really, at the end of the day, we did this because we love Jay Wan Ru. He was an ER doctor for us in Los Angeles early in his career. He was a medical director in the Mid-Atlantic region, which was arguably one of the most challenging geographies we had for a long time. We think Jay Wan understands us. He gets us. He understands Geisinger and the community health model. He gets that. He sees the problems. And he can lead KP and me. Pretty bold move, Kaiser. Geisinger, any questions for Kaiser? One aspect of our impending marriage has really been gnawing at me, and I know we want to speak the truth always to one another. I'm all in. If Ryzen is such a new and revolutionary nonprofit organizational structure for healthcare, why doesn't it include the KP assets? What's going on? Well, anyone who gets closer to Kaiser Permanente than just the brand understands that we're three organizations. We are the foundation that runs the hospitals. We are the Permanente Medical Group and we're the Kaiser Health Plan. And those three entities function in a highly complex governance structure. What I'll say is some healthy duplication. We know that that organization or set of organizations functions to really support our fully closed integrated care coverage model. And any one of those organizations coming into Ryzen will disturb the core. And any CEO who's really pursuing innovation understands that you have to really understand whether you're breaking the core or you're trying to preserve and grow on top of the core. And this is certainly the latter. And if I'm a Kaiser patient, I mean, when's the last time you talked to a Kaiser patient? They love their care and their experience at Kaiser Permanente. So Ryzen will theoretically turn millions of patients around the country into patients who are happier with their experience and receiving better care. 
Sounds like a prenuptial agreement to me. So (laughs) that's great. Thank you. And I would say those are two Oscar-worthy performances. Now, the only thing I'll say is that it had to be an acquisition with one organization in charge. Uh, It could not have been a merger of equals in some sort of governance or CEO sharing arrangements. Those never work as planned. So we'll see if this does. Now let's briefly talk about other big healthcare news this week. Julie, what else happened this week that we should have on our short list? Well, quite unlike the murmurs in the hallways of Health Evolution, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Vermont looks like it's going to be folding itself into BCBS Michigan in some sort of non-cash exchange where they'll work together to do what they want to do around care and costs. And, you know, like Louisiana, I I think you're going to see maybe a bunch of these smaller blues plans, and Dave and I talked about this for a long time start to really consolidate into the larger, you know, stronger ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that came out of the blue, so to speak, and we'll keep it on that <laughs> one, too. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Here all week. <laughs> Try the veal, right? That's what Shrek says, right? I'll be here through Thursday. Try the veal. All right, Dave, <laughs> what what other healthcare news broke this week that's worth a mention? Emeticis and Option Care Health announced their intention to merge this week. Once finalized, the merged company will offer a massive independent platform for home and alternative site care, particularly for infusion services. This is big and good news. It creates one-stop shopping for care delivery in the fastest growing segment of the healthcare industry. Stay tuned. Yeah, that came with a big price tag too, right? That was in the the billions. So another one to keep an eye on. Healthcare keeps on giving. I don't worry about Paul's ability to feed his children. That's that's true. <laughs> that's great. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Julie. That is all the time we have for today. If you'd like to learn more about the topics we discussed on today's show, please visit our website at foresighthealth.com. And don't forget to tell a friend about the Foresight Health Roundup podcast. Subscribe now and don't miss another segment of the best 20 minutes in healthcare. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Berta for Foresight Health.